Um, maybe I am. Hello? Hello? Yep, I guess I am. Okay. You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from beautiful Sunshine Coast Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. And I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. Sorry for that startup technical difficulty, because I have no idea. Uh, this is my first time all by myself. Well, not quite. I have support. Um, okay, so today is November the 16th, and wouldn't you know it, the beady eye of Pluto is staring at me going, see, see? <laughs> okay, Pluto is, is one of those planets that um, demands you have all your ducks in a row, and obviously I don't quite have all my ducks in a row. Okay, on today's show, I am going to continue on with the theme of forecasting. Our look at how sign, sun sign columns are created, um, those point to the personal, but there are also big planetary cycles unfolding all the time that correlate to the collective journey of humanity. This big picture is what I'm going to present today. In no way will this be exhaustive, of course. Um, but more focused on a couple of planetary couples that are creating some concern amongst astrologers these days. I should mention that the discovery of the outer planets and what they correlate to is still very much a work in progress amongst astrologers. In this timeline, uh, Uranus was discovered in 1781 and the American Revolutionary War is in full swing and Uranus was in the sign of Gemini and he is currently transiting through Taurus. Neptune was discovered in 1846, and he was in the sign of Aquarius along with Saturn. The American-Mexico War starts uh, at that time. Neptune is now in Pisces. The planet Pluto is officially named by, I was surprised to find this out, 11-year-old Venetta Burney in 1930. Pluto was discovered in the sign of Cancer at that time. It is now in Capricorn, yet its orbit is 248 years long. So what gives? Pluto has a very elliptical orbit, spending most of its time in the sign of Taurus and the least amount of time in Scorpio. The year it was discovered saw transatlantic commercial flights begin, now a brief run-through of the pairings. Research into these cycles and understanding of what events these planets portend is still debated. A look at events surrounding their cycles gives us clues. We will start with Pluto and Neptune. These two outer planets have long orbits, as I said, 248 years, 165 respectively. As you can imagine, their dance covers a long period of time, about 495 years. And by dance, I mean watching them interact in the same way that we will follow the sun and the moon. The faster body catches up to the slower body, making a conjunction, then moving on, forming the same cycle that the moon does every month with the sun. So, ergo, new moon phase, first quarter, full phase, last quarter, and back again to the new. The ancients, of course, did not follow these outer planets, 
but they did follow the Jupiter-Saturn dance. In our time, Pluto and Neptune conjoined in 1891 through to 1895 in Gemini. Prior to this one, we go back to 1398, and it was in Gemini, and then in 905, um, in the common era, it was common era, it was in Taurus. Going forward, its next cycle starts in 2384, and it will still be in Gemini. With the advent of Google search, and I used it, I also used a site called uh, www.onthisday.com, although whoever does this site I think is kind of a sports fanatic. Um, because there's every sports date you could ever imagine comes up on there. Astrologers now study these trends that correlate to this and other planetary cycles. For Pluto and Neptune, what we're looking at is power and an association with what is unseen. Um, and what it's pointed to in its last conjunction in 1891 uh, was the rise of hidden power activities like x-rays, something you can't see, and yet it produces an effect. The first films are being developed. Flying is now looking like it's gonna be definitely possible. There was also an economic depression, and cars were now looking like they were gonna be something. They were powered. Also, and this one's kind of sad, <laughs> the first plastics were synthesized. Polyethylene, now the most prevalent plastic in the world, and we are paying the price for the start of that cycle. Um, and the next conjunction is in 2384, and who knows. Our next pair is Pluto with Uranus. This cycle varies from 82 years to 116 years, probably due to the elliptical nature of Pluto's orbit. Their last conjunction was in October through to June of 65-66, and it was around 18 degrees of Virgo. A quick scan of history, we see turbulent, shocking use of power, race riots, and the push for civil rights by Martin Luther King. There are rallies against the Vietnam War, and here in Canada, we cause the largest electrical outage, blackout of November 9th. Um, in also in 1966, and I had totally forgotten this, John Paul Cartier blows himself up in a washroom in our parliament buildings in Ottawa. CBC TV goes color and the Medicare Act is signed. With our current cycle, we had the first sextile in April of 95 at uh, 27 of Scorpio. Um, and uh, it also continued on through 1997. And again, this is due to Pluto's erratic, well, it's not erratic, but it's just, he takes his time <laughs> to go all the way around. Um, and so the final sextile was at five degrees of Sag. Uh, with, an, with a sextile, we, we get powerful, excited, or shocking events. And sure enough, we did. Oklahoma City bombing happens now, sarin gas attack in Tokyo subway, and the internet is let go by the U.S. military and it goes private. By February, the last hit, uh, we have Dolly the cloned sheep um, is born, 
Comet Hale-Bopp makes its closest past, and the 39 Heaven's Gate members commit suicide in San Diego because they wanted to get on the Comet Hale-Bopp. Okay, our next lineup was the square, uh, Pluto squaring Uranus, and this was June 12th through to November the 13th, and... Oh, I see. We've got a bunch of them. March. Actually, it ends uh, March 2015, and it spans the degrees of 6 to 15 Capricorn and through Aries. Okay, so Uranus was in Capricorn. No, Pluto was in Capricorn and Uranus was in Aries. So this is very recent. Lots of challenging confrontations with squares. Okay, so we get uh, Japan's stock market crashes. President of the World Bank claims that climate change will lead to battles over water and food within the next five to ten years. UN climate change talks in Peru get stalled out, which is a shame. The Guardian newspaper calls 2014 the year people stood up. We can only hope <laughs> that we stood up enough. I'm thinking not. Under the Dome, a documentary on pollution in China is also viewed over 150 million times in three days. Next up will be the opposition um, in September of 2046 to 2048 when Pluto opposes Uranus along the Virgo-Pisces axis. And then the round ends in 2104 in Taurus. Next up will be Neptune-Uranus. The ethereal, the ethereal, pardon me, the ethereal meets shockwaves. This is a 172-year cycle, and we just started one in 1993 with this pair meeting up in Capricorn at 18 to 19 degrees. The last cycle began in 1821 and was also in Capricorn. And the next one will begin in 2165 and will be in Aquarius. In the news for 1993, we have uh, the Rwandian Hutus and Tutsis, unfortunately, are heading down the road towards their genocide in 1994. Nelson Mandela and uh, the South African uh, president, F.W. de Klerk, are awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. But we also got the World Trade Center bombing. Yuck. Um, and uh, in the parking garage of the New York World Trade Center. Okay, the largest, deadliest attack of or terrorism perpetuated, perpetuated, Traded, pardon me, on U.S. soil at that time. Amsterdam Stock Exchange hits a record at $12.2 billion. After 51 days of siege by the FBI, 76 Branch Davidians die in a fire near Waco, Texas. Um, and that so speaks to the, uh, the effects of Uranus and Neptune. The studies of these cycles will help build meaning for these new discovered harbingers. And I think, no, I'm, I'm in the right. Ha, huh. oh dear, I seem to have missed a page, which is sad, but oh well. Okay, so. 
Um, I'm now going to look at the ones that um, probably have are easier to study because this is combining what is seen, which is Saturn and the inner planets, with these outer planets. And I'm going to start with um, Saturn-Pluto which is limitations and the power to transform. Now, Saturn takes only 28 years, so its interaction with these slow-moving outers, um, you know, is still short. And so that particular cycle between Saturn and Pluto is only 33 years long. Um, the one-degree orb, and why astrologers, this is the one that astrologers are particularly concerned about at this time, um, because we have a start of, new, of a new cycle on January the 12th of 2020, so just in another six weeks or so, and the one-degree orb starts on New Year's Eve, and it, like I said, it goes exact on January the 12th. Now, the cycle that is ending began November of 1982 at 27 degrees Libra. What did we have then? We had Falkland War. Argentina forces land on the South Georgian island. U.S. and France are performing nuclear tests, of course. Um, Pluto, the Pluto square to Saturn is in 93-94. Um, and it's in Aquarius, and some will notice that this is the same year that Neptune and Uranus were dancing too. Opposing factions in the Bosnian conflict hold meetings that end, aim of ending the nine-month conflict. That's a good one. Uh, in Moscow, the Start to Arms Reduction Treaty is signed. Uh, we're wishing everybody would remember that that arms reduction thing should still be happening. Um, Israel recognizes the PLO as no longer criminal. Vaclav Havel becomes the first president of an independent Czech Republic. Um, and, of course, that was that same year that the World Trade Center bombing of 1993 in February happened. So we had all, th all three of the outers plus Saturn involved in that particular event. The opposition um, to... Pluto and Saturn occurred in August of 2001 and went through till May of 2002, and it was along the Gemini-Sagittarius um, axis. The U.S. President George W. Bush calls for reduced regulations to encourage more oil, gas, and nuclear production. We're wishing he hadn't done that. The United States loses its seat on the UN Human Rights Commission for the first time since the commission was formed in 1947. Two passenger planes, obviously, hijacked by Al-Qaeda terrorists crash into the world, New York World Trade Center. Um, and, you know, back then, um, astrologers, of course, would have been noting this Saturn-Pluto opposition. But I don't think in anybody's wildest dreams they would have imagined that um, it was a harbinger of uh, such a tragic event that happened in September that year. So it's of no wonder that astrologers are trying to scope out what will happen when these two meet and start a new cycle in January of 2020. Now let's look at Saturn-Neptune, my own personal favorite. Why, might you ask? Well, the year that I was born saw the beginning of a new cycle. 
So I was born with these two very close together, pointing at some very interesting personal challenges, twists and turns in my life. That was 1953, and it was the start of a 34 to 37 year cycle had begun in Libra. Events around the first conjunction, uh, first video recording on magnetic tape. Agatha Christie's play, The Mousetrap, opens in London and is still running, which is kind of amazing. Um, oh, wait a minute. Where am I here? Uh, okay, so we also have the premiere, and you kind of forget, 53, things... Yeah, we had the first date of the first Mad Magazine was issued. Uh, Charlie Chapman um, produces Limelight. He directed it, written it, and was starring in it, along with Buster Keaton. Um, and the first therm thermal nuclear bomb detonated on the Marshall Islands. Um, again, not a good thing. This one is of particular interest, as this site is now leaking radioactive stuff, at the completion of the cycle. Okay, so also at that time, we had the first woman to break the sound barrier, Jacqueline Cochran. We had Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay uh, from Nepal are the first to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Um, television pops up everywhere, which is interesting because Neptune, um, is often correlated to the nebulous, to things you can't see. And so just those television waves going out there, right? Um, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, uh, Francis Cricket, Crick and James Watson discover the double helix structure of DNA, and it's published in Nature. Okay, and with the last conjunction of September, Saturn-Neptune, we have the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, U.S. rejects China, the China's People Republic membership to the U.N. And Eisenhower condemns McCarthy's book-burning proposal. Now, the next we get a square of these two in 1963, and it's against the backdrop of Uranus-Pluto conjunction. Uh, the Soviet Luna 4 reaches Earth orbit but fails to reach the moon. And whew, I didn't, you know, 63, I was, what, 10? So wasn't aware of this one. George Wallace, sworn in as governor of Alabama, his address, his state's address stated, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. Hard to believe. Uh, Khrushchev claims uh, that the Soviet Union has a 100 megaton nuclear bomb. Uh, Ivan Sutherland submits a thesis containing his sketchpad program, a forerunner to modern-day graphic user interface. U.S. launches communication satellite SATCOM-1, so that entered a whole new era. Uh, USR informs JFK that several thousand troops are removed from Cuba. So that was like during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. The Feminine Mystique is uh, published and circulated by Betty Friedan, um, and it's widely credited as starting the second wave of feminism. Next, we have the opposition, uh, 71 through 72 with Saturn and Neptune. We also have um, 
Saturn-Pluto trine and a sextile between Neptune and Pluto. So oftentimes there will be a combination like this. And so it's very difficult to go who's pointing at what effect. Um, Yeah, it's hard to decipher those. So in 71, um, we have uh, the British Army and uh, the General Harry Tuzo claiming that a permanent military solution to the trouble in Northern Ireland could not be achieved. So Northern Ireland is very messy. We have uh, the Orange Order marched through the mainly Catholic town of Dungiven uh, County, Londonderry, causing a riot. Um, The International Court of Justice asked South Africa to pull out of Nambia. Um, Mayor Mayor declares state of emergency in Columbia, Georgia, due to racial disturbances. Of course, and this is 63 and we're just leading, or 71, we're still in that mess. Okay, Saturn-Neptune opposition is in 71. Uh, Mariner 9, first orbit to another planet. Uh, People's Republic of China finally gets its UN Security Council, which, and there's that opposition thing where a balance is being achieved between two parties. Um, And this one I thought was interesting. American Dan Cooper hijacks a plane, extorts 200,000 ransom before jumping out of a plane over Washington state, never to be seen again. Soviet Mars 2 becomes the first spacecraft to crash land on Mars. Okay, we also have the, the bringing back of airships. So the first one was flown in Britain in over 20 years, and the Goodyear blimp took off. Um, this one is also interesting. Uh, Congress approves the Equal Rights Amendment, which was going to give equality to women, but they never have ratified it. Very interesting. Uh, Britain Britain imposes direct rule over Northern Ireland and North Vietnam launches a major conventional offense against South Vietnam. USSR, US and 70 other nations agree to ban biological weapons. And again, that's a Neptune thing. And that was excellent. Okay, the last square which was Virgo to Sagittarius, 7980. Uh, Pioneer 11 makes its first flyby of Saturn, so we're getting further out there. Um, And we have our sports networks start to make their debut. Uh, We have France, um, Earth satellite records gamma rays from the remnants of a supernova N49. Uh, We also have the TV show Dallas, which I'm sure only certain people listening to the show today will remember, and JR is shot. (laughs) Uh, The deposed Shah of Iran makes it out to Egypt, and of course there are more nuclear tests. The last square was 1980. And uh, we have the first transmission of CNN. So we've gone from sports networks. Now we've got these 24-hour news channels are started up. Um, And the UN Security Council calls for South Africa to free Nelson Mandela. Um, Let's see now. We also have the first solar-powered coast-to-coast two-way radio conversation. And I'm not sure if that was the precursor to the idea of our cell phones, but I suspect it was. 
Okay, the conjunction in Capricorn um, that ended that cycle and started a new one was in 1989, and it was in Capricorn. Loyalist paramilitary group, um, you know, they're still at it in Northern Ireland. They kill a Belfast lawyer. Union Carbide agrees to pay for damages at Bhopal. And again, that's Neptune-Saturn, the reality of things that you can't see being incredibly dangerous. The world's first satellite sky phone opens. So yes, here we have the beginning of our whole cell phone revolution. Um, the Ayatollah Khomeini issues a fatwa against um, a Canadian novelist, <laughs> Salman Rushdie, for uh, publishing Satanic Verses. And the first of 24 satellites of the global positioning system are placed into orbit. Um, let's see, we also have a 150-million-year-old fossil egg found in Utah with a fossilized dinosaur embryo inside, the oldest dinosaur egg yet found in the Northern Hemisphere, and Stephen Hawking, because I guess the U.S. at this time is gadding about about um, the whole Star Wars system, and he just says, well, that's a fraud. And here in Canada, unfortunately, um, Ben Johnson gets disqualified as he uh, knowingly used steroids since 1981. Um, <clears throat> the United States becomes a member of the Berne Convention on Copyright Treaty, so that's a whole piece there between Saturn and Neptune, the reality of the spoken word being, or written word, or whatever, and people having to come to some sort of agreement on how to handle that. Okay, but my favorite with this start of a new cycle is the fact that during this conjunction, um, East Berlin opens its borders and Germany begins to demolish the Berlin Wall. And so instead of having uh, like a Plutonian war or a shocking event, we have Saturn Neptune coming together to just nicely dismantle a wall and end the silliness in Germany. Okay, um, now I'm going to, because I'm noticing my time, I am going to fast forward, yeah, because I am running out of time, to two, 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 we're going to get there, we're going to get there. So some of this material that I'm passing over, what I might do is just put it up on the website as a document. Yeah. Okay. So the next one I'm going to talk about is the Saturn-Uranus cycle. And this is a 44 to 45 year long cycle. And at this moment, the last cycle started a year before um, the Saturn-Neptune cycle started. Okay. So 1988 in Sagittarius. What do we have? Um, while Rooney and Reagan signed the Canada-U.S. Free Trade Agreement, Canada's Supreme Court declares anti-abortion law unconstitutional. Um, and we have uh, the opening for Canada of the 25th Winter Games. In June, um, Mandala addresses the Wembley Stadium in London. Um, 
Supreme Court holds a law that made it illegal for private clubs to discriminate against women and uh, minorities. That must have been in the U.S. Um, Pakistan gets free elections, which is good. Augusto Pinochet is finally kicked out, ending the dictator's 16 and a half years in power. Um, and the Gulf Oil Group, um, there's, uh, you know, they come together to form their own council, and there is an expectation of, um, you know, disruption in the production that will affect the price of oil. Um, we have the Shroud of Turin, revealed by many, uh, revered by many Christians as Christ's burial cloth is shown by carbon dating tests to be a fake from the Middle Ages. And the first Arabic writer uh, wins the Nobel Prize in literature. Okay, now in the square, Saturn Square, Uranus, uh, 1999, uh, Scottish Parliament is officially opened uh, by the Queen Elizabeth, and powers are transferred from the Scottish office to the new Scottish executive in Edinburgh, which, of course, is starting to take them down that road to being their own country again. Um, oh, and then we have, uh, let's see now, we have the Falun Gong in uh, the People's Republic of China. Um, a large-scale crackdown is launched. The last square, no, we've got two more. Australia votes to keep the British monarchy as the head of their state. Um, and in May of 2000, the president of the Philippines uh, declares the existence of a state of rebellion after thousands of predecessors of Joseph Estrada uh, stormed towards the presidential palace. And President Bill Clinton announces that the accurate GPS access would no longer be restricted to the United States military, which I think a lot of people um, probably won't know that when GPS first came out, it wasn't all that accurate because the U.S. military was purposely making it not accurate. We also had a very unusual conjunction in May um, of Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and the Moon all in Taurus. Love to meet somebody born in May of 2000 just to see how that worked out. Indians Population reaches 1 billion, and a particular baby girl, Astha, born at Delhi's in a Delhi hospital, is chosen as the symbolic billionth Indian. Um, yeah, lots of people out there now. Okay, so with the Saturn-Uranus opposition, what do we get? The collapse of the investment bank Lehman Brothers and that whole catastrophe in the financial sector. Um, yeah, there is also a white paper on Bitcoin. So that whole peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system is getting its uh, startup. And Barack Obama becomes the first African-American to be elected president of the United States. Uh, so big opposition, Saturn Uranus. Okay, the final opposition, let's just make sure that is the final one. Nope, September 2010. So it did a couple of years. Uh, we have the first openly gay 
Um, Prime Minister in Iceland is elected. Uh, We have wild bushfires in Victoria, Australia, which, of course, are continuing to happen. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, Australia needs to sort of pony up in recognizing that climate change is, you know, actually creating some of this problem. Uh, Sweden emerges out of its recession um, and the financial turnaround from the start of 2008 when it went down in that October to, so now we're a year later and people are starting to climb out of that mess. Um, Okay, in 2010, the final opposition, we have the volcanic ash from that Iceland um, volcano, which closes all the air space over most of Europe. We have deep water horizon drilling rig explodes and just creates a huge mess in the Gulf of Mexico. And we also have, um, let's see now, California's Proposition 8, the ballot initiative prohibiting same-sex marriage passed by the state's voters in 2008 is overturned, um, which is excellent. Operation Iraq Freedom ends with the United States finally pulling out of Kuwait. Okay. So the ancients, they only followed that Saturn-Jupiter cycle. And I will leave that (laughs) to talk about that one for another episode. Um, And I just want to comment that for those who actually find this kind of stuff very interesting... Um, and I'll mention again at the end of my show, but people like Betty Ludsted, and that's spelled L-U-N-D-S-T-E-D. Um, she wrote a book called Planetary Cycles, Astrological Indicators of Crisis and Change, and it was published by Samuel Weiser in 1984. Richard Tarnas, who um, is also a historian, He wrote the book Cosmos and Psyche, Imitations of New Worldview, um, and he he possesses a tremendous amount of historical knowledge. The author correlates human histories, big events, and personalities with the orbits of Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. I suspect that that would be an excellent read uh, for those who want more information on what I've just been talking about. And there is also Thomas O. Sidebottom. Now there's a name. Did research on outer planet cycles and the significant armed conflicts in the world. Um, Yeah, so there's, one can follow up on that one. And there are, now of course, there are, computer programs that can give, like my computer program that I have, Solar Fire, um, it will easily let me calculate charts. Actually, I've never tried to go. I'm not sure how far back I can go, but I've definitely gone 2,000 years. Um, and it will show where the planets were at any given latitude and longitude that you give it. Okay, so now uh, let's look at Where's That Moon? Uh, which is my weekly look at what is happening now from a close-up perspective. So we were zoomed out as far as we can go so far. 
uh, with astrology, and now we're just going to zoom in to what the ancients would have been following, which is just the visible planets, pretty much. And today, as I started the show, and as I mentioned, and Pluto gave me an exact <laughs> example of what it can do uh, with my bit of a messy start today. Okay, and we also had, as I've got a time thing here, we've got the moon is in Cancer. Um, and so, you know, it's a day to hunker down um, and be very sensible. Uh, from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m., the moon looks across the elliptic at that Saturn and Pluto conjunction that's coming up. And um, so be very sensitive to power and control dynamics will make this day intense unless you actively seek balance with anybody that you're in relationship to where the balance of power is not good. Sunday, we still have uh, the Cancer Moon uh, in the morning, um, and it's doing a nice chill to uh, a trine to the sun at uh, 24 degrees of Scorpio. Um, just before the moon leaves Cancer for Leo, she makes a square to Mars at 29 of Libra. Due diligence is required in the hour coming up to lunch. Okay, because Mars can trigger accidents. The moon slides into Leo just before 2 p.m. and all things romantic, gambling, playful. Um, yeah, that's all on. Um, and but be well prepared for a possible sideswipe with a square to Uranus at 8.30 p.m. And that Uranus is, of course, at three degrees of Taurus. On Monday, the Leo moon makes an awkward square to that retrograde Mercury for the hour before 11 a.m. And this is a Monday morning, so you're going to need a sense of humor, um, it's required if things start to go sideways because I know that Mercury retrograde obviously is still impacting my life with today. Anyway, uh, late this evening, and that's Monday, Mars leaves Libra for its home turf of Scorpio. Um, and Libra is not all terribly happy in Libra, so there's going to be a definite uptick in um uh, a sense of passion and things are going to warm up for the next month and a bit. Um, Scorpio or Mars will be in Scorpio until January the 2nd when it leaves for Sagittarius. So what can you do with the energy of Mars and Scorpio? It energizes deep and complete engagement to be motivated. And so whether that's a project or a person or a relationship, um, the motivation, um, yeah, is intense and, um, it can, I suspect, remove lots of blocks just because of its intensity. Tuesday, we see the Leo moon, um, likes recognition and the opportunity to present stuff. Um, there's a meeting time around 1 p.m. It's a perfect stage to show up. Um, as the moon trines Jupiter at 27 Sag and squares the sun at 27 Scorpio. And so there's this, put it out there. Um, you are looking for respect, uh, but that Leo moon makes the presentation and entertaining and engaging. Um, yeah, so if that's on your agenda, I'd take advantage of the 
Tuesday, 1 p.m. time. Our evening cools off when the moon slips into Virgo at 6 p.m. And this is that perfect list-making time. Um, now that we're almost to the end of November, I think it's okay to start your Christmas planning. This would be a time to do that. If you need motivation for getting to that list, uh, the moon makes a nice sextile at zero degrees of Scorpio at 7 p.m. So that would also be a time to, you know, plan what you're going to be up to. Now, Wednesday, oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, yes, Wednesday, yay, for any of those who have been experiencing the wonderful effects of Mercury retrograde, which began on Halloween, um, yay, it finally turns direct on Wednesday at 11 degrees of Scorpio. And what I like to say is normal programming resumes. Um, and the moon confirms that with a sextile to that same Mercury at 1.30 p.m. This evening, late, the moon checks out Neptune at 15 Pisces um, around, and by the way, Neptune is retrograde. Uh, most of the outer planets remain retrograde for, you know, three to six months every year. Um, and it's, it's a little debatable if that has any kind of personal effect on people. Okay. Um, overnight, we get trines to, from the moon in Virgo to that Pluto-Saturn. Um, kind of hard to take advantage of it because it is at night. Thursday morning, Virgo moon makes for a very efficient workday. The moon does make squares in the afternoon to both Venus at 22, Sagittarius and Jupiter at 27. Um, but I suspect that these will be vo motivating rather than troublesome unless you work with people who are unrealistic. Um, we've been going through a period here, uh, past year actually, uh, with Jupiter in Sag, which is one of its home domiciles, which is the way the ancients called it. And so optimism and um, uh, hope can just balloon out of control. And uh, a Virgo piece, of course, wants things to be um, tidy and completed. And, and so if it's confronted with a Sagittarian over-optimistic schedule, um, that's not realistic, uh, you're going to run into some problems. Now, the moon enters Libra at 8 p.m. tonight and would be liking for there to be relaxing social activities this evening. Now, we're coming up to Friday. Um, and, okay, somebody leaves Scorpio for Sag. Um, and who is that? Let me look. Oh, I suspect it is. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if I've ever done that before. But I have my computer right in front of me. So let me see who I forgot to talk about. Because somebody is leaving, but I suspect it's Venus. Let's see now, because we're talking Friday, the 22nd. No, who is it? 
Let me see. What do I say? Leave Scorpio for Sag at 7 a.m. Hmm. And it's not the moon. No. Okay. Hmm. And then I have that the moon is quiet all day. But I have the moon in Libra after Virgo. Okay. So, my first official boo-boo on the show. My goodness, it was bound to happen. <laughs> okay, that's always exciting when it happens in a reading too, by the way. You're like, oh, dear, because the person's looking at you like, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> which is my clue that I've made a miscalculation somewhere along the line. Okay, so with the moon in Libra on Friday, what will it be doing? It will be making sextiles to that Venus-Jupiter, which will be nice. And that's happening around noon. Okay, let me just move this ahead. Wouldn't that be wonderful if I could do this particular part of the presentation? Oh, yes, she's saying make sure the microphone is closer to the fact that you've turned your head. Good idea. Margo, my assistant, the brave person who watches me do all this silliness every week. And one day, you will inundate her with phone calls. That is the hope. One day, that will happen. Okay, so meanwhile, this Libra moon, what's it doing? Not a lot. Yeah, it's pretty quiet for all of Friday. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, Saturday, and we come full circle, and I have lots of time, so I am going to go back and continue with my digression into uh, the big planetary cycles, because I thought I was running out of time. Okay, so, um, obviously, this is Libra, and it's social. Uh, just watch out for duty and responsibility to throw a damper in when you get up because there is a square from that moon to that Saturn-Pluto. Um, and so my recommendation for next Saturday is that you just all sleep in. And I must um, also point out the fact that I have a commitment from the summer, actually, um, and so my next show, I'm actually taping it tomorrow, and there are six charts to download, um, to follow along, uh, because I'm finally going to start talking about each of the signs. Um, part of the reason why I've kind of left that um, for later in the start of this uh, radio broadcast is to kind of break the hold that sun sign columns have on people um, because the signs themselves must um, correlate to all of the planets, all seven of the traditionals for sure. Um, and like I said earlier in this broadcast that um, we're still working out exactly what each of the Uranus, Pluto and Neptune mean in each of the signs. Um, and so it's, I'm wanting you to approach the signs um, and uncouple them from it just being about where the sun was when you were born. Because obviously from some of the charts I've already put up for you to look at, um, 
there's planets everywhere in a person's chart in lots of other signs um, and not just about the sun. Okay, so can she find what she left out? Ooh, this could be tricky. Okay, so let me see. I'm going to leave that page up and I am going to see that my music is cued for when I do finally let you all go. <laughs> okay, I think this is where I was, right? I was doing the Saturn Uranus thing uh, back in um, 2010, right? The Deepwater Horizon. I think I talked about that one. Uh, we have the bailout of the financial system, right? Because that was the crash of 2008. Okay, let's see now. Where are we here? I might not be able to do this, you know. <laughs> she has pages. She's scribbled out lots. And... Oh, here we go. Which one is the... Oh, no, that's Neptune. Did I leave out the Neptune stuff? Yes, that was what I left out. Okay, so I'm going to go back to that wonderful combination that I was born with, which is Saturn-Neptune. And I'm seeing that in its last square, um, Nunavut was established in Canada, um, and it was carved out from the Northwest Territories, uh, Okay, in 2006, we next we got the Saturn-Neptune opposition and uh, the International Astronomical Union redefines the term planet such that Pluto is no longer an official planet but is now considered a dwarf planet, which given the... Um, evidence of when Pluto was discovered, which it correlates with mankind's ability to create uh, nuclear bombs. Um, it's kind of funny that this tiny little planet way out at the end of the universe, staring back at us as barely, you know, a blip, um, can have, can portend such dramatic things and now be downgraded. Anyway, astrologers will not be downgrading it in any way, shape, or form. A direct hit to Pluto, all you need to do is talk to people who are Capricorns at the moment. And since 2008 and until 2024, I think it is, when Pluto leaves Capricorn, um, I'm sure from each and every one of those people, you will hear stories of great upheavals, of transformations, not all of them negative. Some of them would have been very positive. Um, but the impact of a direct contact from Pluto to a personal planet is something that you are not going to miss at all, ever. So even though it was downgraded, yeah, not so much. Okay, so the other thing that happened with Saturn-Neptune is the scream was recovered. That Edward Munch picture, famous painting, uh, was recovered by the Norwegian police. Uh, let's see now, what else did we have? Um, and this one I didn't get a chance to figure out what it was actually about, but Clinton versus New York State Supreme Court decides that Line Item Veto Act of 1996 is unconstitutional. And there's that square playing out where authority meets a vision 
and the respect that was required or was was being asked for was not granted. We also have in October of this would have been 2004, no, 2006, um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, there we go, and uh, Yasser Arafat reach a land for peace agreement. Too bad they hadn't stuck with it. Um, and in, with the apartheid in South Africa, the beginning of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission presents its report which condemns both sides for committing atrocities. And so, again, there's that square acting itself out, saying respect has to be achieved between the two. And this next one, I found this one quite a chuckle. And apparently I am supposed to laugh on this show. I'm going to have to do better at that. <laughs> Most, mostly because I have to, like, calm down. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay, so this Saturn-Neptune story is quite entertaining. So en route from Aden to Ankara, Turkish airline flight with crew of six and 33 passengers is hijacked by a Kurdish militant, and he orders the pilot to fly to Switzerland. But obviously the guy um, who uh, commandeered it, hijacked it, didn't actually understand geography. The pilot secretly lands in Ankara, and um, yeah, that whole hijacking thing, you know, they won't refuel him, so the guy's stuck. He doesn't get to go to uh, Switzerland. Okay, uh, what else do we have that year? Uh, Iraq disarmament crisis begins. Iraq announces to the world that it will no longer cooperate with the United Nations weapons inspectors. And so, you know, that whole thing obviously is still unfolding again um, because eventually they did come to an agreement and then um, it's all falling apart again. Okay, now, where are we? We should be on page 22. Here we go, Saturn opposite. We have the flyby of Jupiter um, by uh, the Pluto Observer spacecraft. So the one that headed all the way out to Pluto managed to go by Jupiter. Um, okay, now the last square of Saturn-Neptune. Uh, more than half of all the trees in the Amazon forest are at risk of extinction. Um, and it's not just extinction, as we now realize, because they're just going to burn them all down anyway, which is a shame. Okay. Um, last square, June of, where are we at here? What year are we at? We are 15, 16. Yeah, so just recently. Uh, gunmen claiming allegiance to the Islamic State opened fire in a gay nightclub. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so not a good day. Not a good day. Again, we're looking at something where it's the square and um, respecting two sides is obviously not happening. We also have the first mammal made extinct by human-induced climate change, which was the Bramble K, C-A-Y, Melomines, which looked like a small rat to me. Anyway, it was on a island that obviously got sunk. 
Okay, so I'm thinking that I am running down in time. Let me see now. Oh, I have four minutes remaining. Okay, so and we've got our music cued. Aren't you guys just happy to hear somebody <laughs> try to be a radio show host? Oh, there we go. I'm cued. Let me get to my last page because I have, I want to run through those announcements again. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Oh, oh, she's lost her last page. Oh, no. How can this be happening? Very easily, actually. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've lost my last page. But I think basically what I was going to say is please stay tuned for next week's show because I am going to go over Sagittarius, Capricorn, and Pisces. Um, I'm going to have four charts that illustrate some of the meanings behind Pisces. And those charts will all be available up on my website. Yay, she finds her last sheet. <laughs> okay, so um, just want to thank you all for listening and just remind you that you have been listening to Astrology Today on CJMP. 